y'all. I'm Tava, and you're listening to the All on the Table podcast, a safe place where we invite you to lean into the tension of diversity by holding space for authentic, hard conversations about the world around us. There's nothing off the table when we're willing to put it all on the table. Welcoming you here with me today are Destiny, April, Vicki, and Michaela. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hi. Hello, hey. Hello, hello. Y'all, so today... Our episode is titled, That Hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already can identify, can't we? Mm-hmm. And it's subtitled, uh, Navigating the Pain That Gets Us Stuck in Life. We can all relate, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, and as we thought about, or as I thought about our title today, I couldn't help but thinking of this old commercial that used to be super popular on TV where actors moaned, I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) So this phrase, it was parodied by comedians and the public, but honestly, feeling stuck in injuries to our souls is just absolutely no laughing matter. And so unfortunately, there's no cellular band that we can wear that will alert an SOS emergency intervention when we're suspended in time seemingly chained to the catastrophic impact of being knocked down emotionally. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to talk about. So today, we're going to use the term soul injury to describe the emotional wound we may experience that can result in our becoming stuck even years after the event. The definition we'll be using for soul injury is a catastrophic experience that critically wounds our sense of self. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, our soul is each of our unique mindset, our unique wills, and our unique emotions. And so today at this table, guys, we want to acknowledge and affirm that the pain of grief is devastating no matter how it comes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it was a one-time event or in situations where gradual buildup occurred or chronic trauma was experienced due to anxiety. Results are real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that we aren't issued body casts while we're healing from soul injuries. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Because those around us have no way of knowing that we're experiencing pain just by looking at us. But we also tend to undermine what we're experiencing because it's internal, it's intangible, uh, sometimes to us, but also to those around us. All of us around this table want to say to you that we're so sorry for all that's happened to you if this injury, this soul injury, describes your current condition. And our goal today is to assure you that you are not alone. And that as part of your covenant community, we believe that we can all heal together by utilizing practical tools of self-assessment and self-awareness. Not addressing soul injuries can make us wonder if the world is really safe anymore or trap us in repetitive overthinking about what we could have done to avoid the injury in the first place. Ugh. (laughs) It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Being stuck in our pain leaves us feeling as fragile as an autumn leaf, just barely holding on, Mm -hmm. but yet as tethered as a 100-year-old tree. So, Michaela, you know, addressing soul injury wounds is so important 
because the more our pain consumes us, the more it will control us. Mm -hmm. Trauma is aggravated if it's not attended to. The great news is that we get to decide how we'll move forward. So what are the top indicators that you can think of, Michaela, that help us recognize that emotional trauma has not been resolved in our lives? Well, wow. Um, just as you were talking, I feel like um, I had tears coming to my eyes as you were talking Ooh, about the, <laughs> the catastrophic, the I don't even know the, the definition. Can you repeat that? <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean, that's so awesome because we're, our working uh, definition today is that soul injury, it describes the emotional wound that we may experience that can result in becoming stuck even years after the event. Yeah. And it's a catastrophic experience that uh, critically wounds our sense of self. Wow, that definition, as soon as you said it, it brought me back to a moment in my life where um, about 10 years ago that I was so, I felt so broken. I felt yeah. really broken beyond yeah. repair. And um, I didn't, I wasn't sure what the end would be, like when it would resolve. Because um, some pain things are not, you know, yeah. instances that happen and then mm -hmm. just where you can't you're like oh that happened and now I can just heal from yeah. it like sometimes mm -hmm. that happens but there's lots of repercussions and yes. you know if it's dealing like just depending on what it is it can be something that is a pain point that is continued like it, it can be a, a living pain point mm -hmm. that's true um, and so uh, one of the things <laughs> that I remember praying to God was God please like I, I don't want to develop because of how stressed out, 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 out I was, I didn't want to develop like a sickness from it. That's how yeah, much I felt yeah. like I was like so broken. And I just remember praying and crying before God and just saying, please like get me through this. And so mm -hmm. all these years later, I'd have to say that um, like the top emotional or the top indicator that I think an emotional trauma has been resolved. Um, when I thought about that, I thought, well, you never forget no, about your no, trauma you never forget true. about the pain that's but important to know walking through years of a journey for me has been um I remember speaking to somebody that was the safe trusted person inventing like basically just spilling my guts out and just the feeling of like anger and frustration and I could feel my heart rate like up and I was talking about the situation and um and the still hadn't been resolved yet because like I said it's like a living thing you know that's so true. Um, and I remember feeling so uh, kind of out of control. And I think that's an indicator that it hasn't been resolved is when you don't feel in control mm -hmm. of your response to mm -hmm. what's it's happening. It's like bigger to than you. us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I remember like I didn't I felt like I still was I still was paralyzed by it. I still couldn't move beyond it. And I couldn't, you know, it was almost like re-injury or, or things like that if I would go back into it. And so as I walked through that process, um, the resolve and like the beauty, I think we talk about beauty happening or like uh, pain being something that can produce beauty. And I want to recognize that. Like, yeah. I think I, I honestly, I'm like, I wouldn't give it anything up in my life that was, was painful. Not that I'm like pain, come get me. Yes. You know, <laughs> I need to like, I need to feel By stuck no so I can be unstuck. Like that's kind of ridiculous. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so like, it's yeah. not that I'm like going around looking for things to hurt me so that I can be stronger, but I have to say like the feeling of being strong. Wow. 
has mm. come from some of my deepest pain er- like pain areas and I would say the resolve like the the times that I've been like wow that I see these this beautiful like circle of of you know pain of seeking Jesus seeking trusted people getting healing getting counseling getting just going through the process of of feeling upside down in my emotions and then back up again um eventually where you're like wow I actually have clarity about the situation it's not that it's like any less it's not that you're like oh that wasn't a big deal anymore oh yeah it's actually that you can you can validate the situation of what's happening you can validate the reality of the situation Mm. you can validate your own emotions um, towards the situation, you can say that really made me the most angry I'd ever felt, or that made me hate this person, or that made me, or didn't make, gave me the opportunity to feel these emotions and then to go, but I'm free. Like I'm free from that. Even if I'm, you know, like some of those pain areas that I've had in my life, I still have contact because a lot of pain comes from people. So you still have contact with, with those people or they're still alive or or maybe mm-hmm. they're not but that makes it even harder yeah. and so like because of the guilt stuff and or never getting for them to ask for you know never asked you forgiveness or right. something like that and so um a lot of times it's not that the pain was fully re- or like the actual incidents fully resolved but the resolve is like actually being able to be not tethered to it like you're able to move forward not be stuck not feel like you're living like in like where it's over like controlling you yes Yes. and that is the beautiful part right because um you can fully acknowledge and authenticate that it was a painful you know wrong doing or that it you know whether they intended it or not it really did hurt you but when we get the opportunities over a healing journey which you pointed Mm -hmm. to is that uh, when when something happens that touches that pain, if we can sense that we have become strengthened to the point that that didn't spiral us back into that initial reaction that you talked about. Yeah. But if, if we haven't progressively dealt with it and healed o- over it, then we would um, see an indicator, you know, is that anything that remotely touches on that pain would spiral yeah. us all if the it way puts back. You right back yeah. that, like, and it would, you know, it can be years if you haven't resolved it, it can put you right back where you literally feel just as out of control. So yeah. I'd say that's the main indicator. That yeah. is. Well, so April, um, since we can't um, manage feelings that we don't own, mm-hmm. yeah. um, we can sometimes uh, tend to um, not address them by you know wanting to feel better sooner than we do in some instances we're just you know we're trying to self-medicate in a way so we can we can um, undermine the pain or even uh, say things to ourselves that don't really address the problems like I'm fine I moved on Um, we hear a lot in in uh, Christian circles like you know the word of God says it so I did it but you know not really Mm. allow ourselves to sit in what's happening and so anyway what would what would you say the danger of denial is yeah that's a that's a big one denial um I think it's sort of a a numbing thing I think there there are several different reasons why denial is dangerous and I think there are several different reasons why people choose to go that route I think 
A, they feel like, well, if I let myself feel my emotions, I will mm. be out of control. So I'm just going to do everyone else a favor and pretend like this didn't happen or yeah. move on. Or we've been taught that they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we've yeah. been taught like I am angry. So that's I mean, that's bad. I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be this mm. angry. Um, or like maybe we we really just want to be strong and we don't want to admit like this really hurt me. Some mm. people feel like feeling their emotions is weakness wow Um, yeah they've been taught that people have been taught that feeling your emotions are weakness and it's nothing i don't think it's something that people do on purpose i think it's a survival mode you 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 know you Mm -hmm. you teach what you know yeah and so that happens a lot you see that happen a lot yes the saying be strong means don't feel yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. and i think that also too it's funny because and i think it goes for both genders but like you know, as women, we get labeled as like emotional, oh, like, yeah. you know, crazy or whatever. But then men, it's like you're not manly if you feel emotions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just all the way around, yeah. we have this Full really spectrum. like distorted view mm-hmm. of what it means to actually acknowledge our emotions, you know? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's so good. I think it could almost be an armor yeah. of mm-hmm. like, well, nobody mm-hmm. can get through. But the only thing with armor and building your own walls is that literally no one can get through. Like, no. not even God. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. If you if you attend our church, but even if, you know, you don't or you're not a churchgoer, um, yeah. we do have like an inner healing class here. And I was really like intrigued to find that denial was like a huge, like had its own section. <laughs> like, yeah. because um, that is that's just so true of so many people. They don't even realize they're hurt or they've pushed it down. I've even heard of people going through trauma saying like, I blacked out. I don't even remember that yeah. part of my life. Yeah. It's the body's response. But all of that to say, um, the reason why it is so dangerous is because feelings never die. You can bury, you bury them alive, but they will always pop up. And so even in my own life, I'm a person who may not like even realize that something made me angry, but there's mm-hmm. always symptoms. Like for me, I'll distance myself from people. I'll be like, I don't even know why we're, I don't know. I just didn't want to talk to them anymore, you know? Yeah. But oh, really, so it was a moment where they hurt me, they made me mad, and I subconsciously, instead of going to them or expressing the anger, expressing the feelings, I was just like, I'm not going to deal with it because I don't have the emotional capacity to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the danger is it could make you isolated mm. and you're like, I don't know why I don't have any friends. I'm distancing myself. Um, also, I think it the danger in it is that it, it removes hope. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it leaves okay. you hopeless because um, and I'm talking about I'm not talking about situations that are abusive or ones that right. you should definitely get out. I'm yes. talking about, you yeah. know, those everyday offenses um, that are not little, but they're still huge. But what I'm saying is it yeah. removes hope of there being any reconciliation. And so you carry that with you from relationship to relationship. You may not know why your relationships don't last or your marriages don't last or all of your relationships are broken. Well, that's because you've never acknowledged what's going on inside of you in the first place. And so that can be one of the biggest dangers and I think also just built up resentment. Wow. Yeah. I know, I feel like we say this almost every podcast episode, but it is so true is that like, you know, you can't get healed from what you won't acknowledge. Yep, yeah. That's I feel exactly like that's right. what you're saying, you know? Yeah. 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 And so I, I would just hope that even from listening to us and, you know, even the rest of our podcast that you would find the mm-hmm. beauty in recognizing your feelings, how, mm-hmm. uh, how, however ugly they might be, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because you can always resolve them. And 
sometimes the hope isn't always reconciliation, mm-hmm. but the hope mm-hmm. is like, I don't have to live my life. Yeah, caring. you don't have to be stuck. Right. Yeah, I don't have to yeah. live my life carrying this stuff. Yeah. I don't have to live my life not believing that friendships don't work or that I can't be a joyful person yeah. um, because because those things end up burdening us. What I, I want to say to our, our uh, community and represented here at this table is that, you know, out of our love for one another, we wouldn't want anyone to feel like they could not uh, talk to someone to begin with. I mean, I like what you said, Michaela, about just going and feeling like you dumped on someone so that you are not just locked down in your pain, which is what I thought of when you were talking, um, April. And so um, specifically to that, uh, in a good analogy would be, you know, finding out that a friend had been experiencing some physical pain Mm -hmm. and they were getting all these symptoms of something being horribly wrong, but they felt so alone or, you know, just were afraid to even look into it. Mm -hmm. And you found out later, man, this is stage four, something that, you know, could just about take you out. Not trying to over-dramatize that, but if we realize that those emotional injuries are really so uh, uh, comparable to things that we experience physically. And Mm -hmm. so we would encourage people to look at the the, uh, symptoms, the Mm -hmm. triggers, Mm -hmm. and that uh, they would go ahead and and uh, move forward with sharing those. So, Vicki, I wanted to ask you, because I know that this is something that is really significant and something that you have um, studied and helped other people with in terms of um, understanding pain points or trigger points. Uh, What are those, and uh, what can we potentially uh, learn about ourselves when we understand what those are? Yeah, well, I know that Trigger points and pain points are a little bit different because trigger uh, pain points have more to do with interacting in the marketplace. The triggers have a lot to do with how we interact with one another okay, individually. That's more personal. Yeah, okay. it's a more personal thing. And so, um, you know, have you ever been in a, a situation where you smelt you you smelt something specific and it brought back to you a memory about something? Yeah. Yep. Or you've heard somebody say something or do something and it immediately took you back to a place. Yes. Those are triggers. Those are those things, those sights, those sounds, those um, situations that can take your heart and your mind back to a specific place. Mm. Um, Those are triggers can be good and triggers can be bad. But but because we're talking about it hurts. Right. Soul injuries. For we're sure. talking about that. Um, those are those things that sometimes we don't even realize. They can sneak up on us mm-hmm. really quick, like all of a sudden yeah. and bam, hit us in the back of the head. And it could be from trauma, family trauma. It could be from church hurt, it, you know, from from from. And, and I know we say church hurt. And that's one of those phrases that people use. But, you know, people get hurt in different situations. Yeah, people really. even have have hurts from work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, family, oh, my goodness gracious, wouldn't it be wonderful if we all had (laughs) functional people that we grew up, everybody, you know, you didn't have that uncle who every now when he showed up, everybody went, oh, Lord, here he comes. (laughs) That would be great. 
but we don't but everybody has those 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 triggers or those memories where it takes them back to a place of trauma and I love one of the things that you were talking about April because I think a lot of times people try to either push down Mm -hmm. or even deny that they're feeling something yeah but it shows up when it hits, it shows up, and it can show up in many different ways it, and with, with, um, with all of us. Yeah. And, you know, I know, that, um, I know that we all have triggers. If Okay, people, for real. If you say you don't have a trigger, then I want to meet you because we're going to take some blood samples of you and uh, just some yeah. DNA. Because everybody, there is not a person on this earth that has not experience some kind of a hurt Mm -hmm. somewhere so it evokes an emotional response it evokes an emotional response yes it evokes an emotional response but it also evokes a physical response Uh, Michaela like you were praying you know hopefully you know I don't want to get any kind of physical injury you know on the inside from this it can evoke a response like I'm just going to withdraw from people yeah. And you don't even know the reason why yeah. it can blast out and be like a shotgun blast and tell everybody off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or it can just decide that I'm not going to feel. OK, yeah. so like what depression. does that reveal about ourselves then? I mean, is there a way to look at those triggers and not that we entirely self-diagnose, but is there is there a, um, a journey or a, a process that once we realize we're being triggered, that we could learn about ourselves and and possibly how to respond uh, better in that situation and then also going forward, would you say? Yeah, so this is not going to make sense, but it will make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think one of the biggest indicators of what our triggers are are the people on the other side of it. Okay. So, so a lot of times we don't recognize our triggers, right? We can Mm -hmm. do something and we go, I don't even, I I didn't even see it, but that trusted person on the other side did. And I think that's a lot of, that's a big part of of the village. You know, we call it the village, the community Mm -hmm. is when you trust, when you allow yourself the space to feel it and for those around you to tell you what their experience is, Mm -hmm. then it also gives you the space to acknowledge it and want to heal from it. I think the biggest thing that people always want to know is, is to get their feelings validated, right? It's like, I want somebody to acknowledge that they hurt me. Well, they might not. Yeah. Yeah. They might not. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that their feelings aren't valid. So when those trigger, when those triggers hit, I know for me, it's like, it took me a while to figure out why I did the things that I did when it came to certain situations. There were some times that I would go in, I, I, I had no problem confronting. Mm-hmm. But then there were some times where I would yeah. withdraw. I'd go way, way, way Freeze back. Freeze and hide and yep. yeah. yeah, all the things. And I would hide in plain sight. You mm. know, uh, oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I would hide in plain sight. But I would, sh- I would go into a shutdown because I wasn't going to allow that person who hit my trigger that didn't even know they hit my trigger to know they hit it and to know that it affected me. And so, but what I did was when I found somebody that I trusted Mm -hmm. and it was putting yourself out there, putting ourselves out there, I said, you know what, let me just, okay, if this is showing up because I'm the only person that's showing up in every situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And so it's like, okay, if I'm show, if this is showing up in every situation and it's different people, then it's got to be me. Common denominator. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like that, to me, that's also like an indicator because sometimes the things that happen to us, it's almost like it becomes these like glasses or lenses that we see everything through, like yeah. every other situation yeah. moving Such forward. Yeah, it's defining. Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. So like it starts to be that like, Every other encounter that I have is tainted by this one experience. So that's an indicator like, oh, I'm definitely stuck in this, you know. And, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I just wanted to say, too, what made me, because we were talking about denial, I was Mm -hmm. like, if you are in denial, you are totally unaware Mm -hmm. of your Mm -hmm. triggers. Because I think the point is, like, you're going to have triggers. They're never going to go away. But are you aware of them or are you letting them take control of you because you've been in denial the whole time? And I think some of it, I mean, like, honestly, and this is, you know, maybe it's just me, but I think sometimes the triggers of things that happen are very valid. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not actually just you and your emotions or whatever, like, which is why it's important to ask the right questions in every Mm -hmm. situation. But Mm -hmm. I think some of it's very valid. But again, and to me, this is like kind of taking back power is that I don't have to be like my future and my present doesn't have to be affected. Like yeah, even if it's valid in that it. moment, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to affect me outside of this like situation or I have power to like um, reflect mm-hmm. or like heal or like you said, it might take 10 years. It might, mm-hmm. you know, take yeah. a few months, but you still have the power to not let it taint the rest of your life moving forward or every relationship moving forward or, you know, every situation. Yeah, yep. And, and I, I think, think that, oh, I was just going to say really quick. And I think that that is really key because one of the things about triggers is there's something connected to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think that triggers can diminish after time when we know what is connected to that trigger, because that's the thing that people are really running from. I know that was, I was running from not the trigger, but what was connected to the trigger. Mm -hmm. That's what I had a hard time with because I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. And I think like back to what you were saying, destiny of it defining you or being the lens, which you see everything with. I think that really is like, that's the indicator of something being resolved or healed is when you're able to let something build who you are. And, Mm -hmm. and the defining part is actually, it's not defining you as far as then you see everything through the lens of brokenness or pain in your brokenness from that area. But you actually are, are empowered because of it. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I was I had this pain and I overcame it through um, through, you know, scripture, through healing, through friends, through community, community, through Mm -hmm. being honest, through the triggers and saying, how do I show up and why am I showing up this way? Um, And, you know, my husband, he was such a huge process and or huge part of the process of walking me through so many things because he was willing to say, hey, like this is how you're showing mm-hmm. up and just being honest yeah. with me, walking me through with love though, like with utmost love and care, but showing me how I, I mean, just because it isn't an excuse. Like I can't be just because I got hurt by something else, then choose to treat him yeah. or choose to treat my child or my other people in my life with, because of that lens, then I'm hurting other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know it, like yeah. hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, that's, true. that's true. And so when you're you letting it, hurting yourself. exactly. Yeah. And you're injuring yeah, yourself and you're guilty and you can feel it, but you don't, you feel stuck. You feel like you can't get out of it. And so I think that that's, what's the beautiful part is like the difference between it defining you and, you know, where you feel out of control, you feel like you're just operating out of this pain or that it's actually like something that you've grown and learned and healed from. So then you're actually 
you know, more powerful because of the pain you went through. Well, and since, I love that, and since we're talking about soul injury, and we, we define that as injury to our sense of self, mm-hmm. um, I really want to go back to what you were saying, Destiny, because it then, um, it affects our perception. You talked about glasses mm-hmm. or, you know, lenses, mm-hmm. uh, the, the way that we perceive the world around us related to how we see ourselves mm-hmm. and the beliefs that we can end up, unfortunately, believing wrongly about ourselves and the world outside of us. I mean, we're all going to, we're all going to agree that bad stuff happens and we all have our crazy uncle showing in, like you mm-hmm. said, Vicki, <laughs> showing up to the events. But, um, but the important thing is if we can find out what we can do to get corrective lenses, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and, and you always refer to that to, as um, asking good questions mm-hmm. of ourselves. So can you talk about that a little bit, Destiny? Yeah. Um, just one thing that I found in my life, whether it's navigating pain or resolving conflict or whatever the case is, it's just like, what questions am I asking myself? Because I think the questions that we ask ourselves really start to paint a narrative for our overall life or how Mm. we view ourselves, how we view others, things like that. And so um, I don't remember where I read it, but at some point in my life, I like to read, I read something that's like, ask yourself why at least five times, like over Mm. each thing, you know? So like, okay, okay, can you say that again? Ask yourself why like up to five times to really get to the root of Mm. what you're feeling. Like Mm. that was probably Mm. one of the most pivotal things I think for me to learn to ask the right questions or to really like um, start exploring like my emotions. Cause even from like childhood stuff or just whatever, like I I was definitely someone who pushed down the emotions or like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, like I'll move on. I'll be fine in a couple of hours or like whatever. It's not, it's not a big deal. But I think when you start asking yourself why, and again, like, I I can't remember where it's from, but the guy talks about like, okay, that's one layer deep. Now ask another why. That's the next layer deep and do it five Mm -hmm. times Mm -hmm. and you'll start getting to the root. And once you do that, you might start getting to it faster, but it's always just kind of a good practice to like, okay. And sometimes I start with what, what am I feeling right now? Like, what is this causing me to feel right now? That's good. Okay. Why? And then like, okay, like, so maybe it's like, well, I feel really angry and I feel dishonored. Okay, why? Well, because they did this and this. Okay, but why did that make you feel dishonored? Well, it's just every time that they do this, I feel this because what they're really saying is this, but why? why? You know, like, and just keep going until you kind of fill out the root. And then sometimes you'll get to it. And like I said, sometimes it's very justified. But then other times you can start to realize like, you know what, that's actually not happening in this this situation. Or I'm making a lot of assumptions about what just happened. Or, you know, whatever the case may be, like I said, sometimes it's really justifiable, but I feel like the best question to start with is that why and do it five times. Mm -hmm. And then probably the next one that I really find myself leaning into or like kind of the next thing I'm like, okay, well, what is that narrative I'm telling myself? Does that line up with what's really happening or am I doing assuming here? Is there another possibility? Is there something else they could have meant? You know, things like that. And then I kind of move forward. Okay, is there a lie I'm starting to believe about? myself or the situation or people or life or whatever yeah Yeah. Yeah. and like sometimes the lie can come from like a legit like this is a hurt but a lot of times I think that's where we start to believe those lies about ourselves. that's why it's so wounding or about people people can't be trusted or you know they're always going to hurt me or like whatever the case is 
And then other times whenever it's like, no, I was the one who was wrong in this situation, you mm. still will start to believe a lie about yourself. Well, I'm emotional or so I just, good. I blow yeah. up my relationships or whatever. So I always feel like underneath all of it, there's some kind of lie that you're going to be tempted to believe or paint any narrative like yeah. moving forward. And so like, okay, what is that? And then I think like where I always like try to end is like, is my response out of this, whatever the situation is, right or wrong, valid, you know, whatever, is my response helping me or harming me further? And so like there's been like, and again, not talking about abuse or whatever, you know, exactly. things like that. But right. there's been relationships where I'm like, okay, what just happened here is actually causing me more harm. Like my response to this is causing me more harm then like needs to be um just to give kind of like example like um I was yeah yeah, like super closed off like um about like just kind of like deep friendships or like family like type stuff and so like um I feel like God really healed me of that and had me like open my heart and stuff and then like maybe things happen I get hurt and it's like I had to stop and ask myself okay is me pulling away like is that really what God has for me or wants for me or would he want me to be open and stuff like and is Mm. it painful to lean into that like sure but it's it would cause me more harm to close up or isolate or to go 10 steps back where yeah. I felt like I had like kind of like a victory of that. Does that make yeah. sense? I don't know if that's confusing, but like not at all, you know, just like different situations again, like is my response going to cause me more harm mm. in the future in my relationships in the future, um, how I see myself in the future, like all that stuff than it needs to, you know, um, or can I ch- pivot my response? Can I change the way I'm seeing this? What's that lie I'm believing so that I'm not causing myself more harm going forward, you know? I love your um, asking the whys because immediately when I saw that, I saw it as tools. Like one being like a screwdriver, one being a hammer, (laughs) one being to actually, because I feel like one of the biggest things that happen, especially with like interpersonal conflicts is not knowing, like feeling hopeless. Like where do I start? Because not knowing how to start. And so it's almost better to just leave it be because you don't know how to fix it. Well, and and recognizing your triggers, it's not usually the first thing. It's not like really what they said. So many times. It's reminding you of something that you inherently believe that you know is not right or yeah. or it's like something mm. that happened like it's never that first instant usually I mean you know yeah typically it's usually never the first instance of why you think you're exactly uh, experiencing pain again or upset you know and so no having the yeah. tools then like having mm-hmm. the whys gives you the ability to even formulate what you would do to talk through something with the person because you can't just say yeah. I'm mad and that's it. I don't know why. Say you're yeah. sorry. Like that doesn't actually help in yeah. a marriage or in like a, a good friendship or even, you know, and so we're talking about more personal, close relationship, but it doesn't help just to be mad or just to be yeah. sad. Like it's good to validate. I'm mm-hmm. mad. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. But to ask those whys gives you the tools to actually know how to formulate hey, I feel hurt by this when you said this. Is this what you meant? Or I felt this way when you did this. Yeah. Can you please apologize? And yeah. I think it. I think the validation, sometimes we have to be okay with us validating the why. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, I, everybody wants for the person who injured them to, like I said before, to say that they did it, to acknowledge it. But even in that you're healing and getting to a yeah. place where you are whole and healed again has to you also have to say to yourself 
if this person never acknowledged what yeah. they did, mm -hmm. I am still wanting to get healed mm -hmm. and free from this. And it's okay if they don't. I think that is probably one of the biggest sticking point mm -hmm. for people mm -hmm. is that they want that person to acknowledge what they did or wow. the situation, what it was. And you have to say to yourself, mm -hmm. but it's not dependent on whether or not they do. Yeah, yeah I always, I, I don't know if this is a healthy way of seeing it, but I'm like, I'm not going to give someone that much power yeah. or yeah. control no, over my healthy. future, yeah. you know? That is. And so that's why like get re-injured. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. whether they, like you said, whether they say sorry or not, like that puts all the, the power in their court, in the their, balls in their yes. court. And I just, yes. that's not a way I want to live, you know? No. Mm -hmm. But even with these questions, I think they are, like you can totally self, like, you know, reflect and all that. And that's really good. But there are times, and I just want to say this and, yes. you know, be clear, there are times where that's why covenant community is so important. Yes. Mm -hmm. That you have people that yes. you can go to yeah. and process the questions, mm -hmm. right. get another perspective yeah. because they're not tainted with the same glasses you are, you know, as yeah. far as like what's happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then even to like, I'll tell, and because I think if you have been churched at all, a lot of times we've been taught that yeah. it's dishonoring or disrespectful or it's gossip, right? right. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of us have a really hard time of maybe having like mm. not feeling like we're gossiping or whatever mm -hmm. if we go to a close friend but something i always say to like my friends too is that like okay well first of all like for instance if something happens between me and a person and i know someone else has the same issue with that person or has yeah. a problem with that person i don't ever go pro i try not to go process with them mm -hmm. yeah. because i don't think it's fair to the person mm -hmm. Or even like, mm -hmm. it's not that that person I'm trying to process with isn't safe. It's just that it's not fair to the other person. So usually right. I try to make sure I, if I need that other perspective that I'm going to someone who is like, they love that person. Mm -hmm. So and that, they love you. Yes. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and they love me. But for you yes, and for the but they'll person. advocate for both yeah. because I don't think, I think what we, what's human nature is to seek out someone to, mm. you know, our last yeah, episode was on confirmation bias, right? Or, yeah, to yeah. confirm it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to <Terrible>. confirm. <laughs> but I try to like go like, yeah. okay, is this a safe, like this is a safe place to process in all my feelings. I don't have to edit because I think it's important mm -hmm. to find places where you don't have to edit your feelings. Yeah. Um, but I also think that's only safe in the context if it's safe for both of the like people right. involved, if yeah. it's involving someone else, you know I what I mean? I think to look at that like a diagnostic. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like if we're going to compare it to a physical uh, malady, then we're going to go to someone who has um, some perspective mm -hmm. and can help us diagnose what we're looking at and mm -hmm. and confirm uh, the things that are you know um, healthy about our perspective, but also help us in a journey to uh, get a clearer picture of who we are and what the what to anticipate from the world because mm -hmm. I love that you know why re-injure right why compound something that's already been very difficult by not getting that wisdom from someone from the outside in mm -hmm. the community a safe person we're glad that we got an opportunity to at least acknowledge uh, what all of us really end up uh, yeah. experiencing at some point in our lives in various degrees, but it all boils down to it's pain that um, mm. we know that a, a loving community will care about, definitely God cares about. And so uh, we're excited that we got to bring this to the table today. I, I do want to say we're going to capture those tools that Destiny talked about in our show notes so that we can reflect mm. on that. But um, I think one of my favorite points about what we touched on today is that there's the, the initial thing that occurred, mm -hmm. the event, the, um, the tragedy, the injury, 
the trauma, but then there's a residual that we need to bear in mind that there's going to be a residual impact and the way that affects the way that we think about ourselves and those in the world around us. So we're looking forward to, in the next couple of days, uh, talking more about this together on our uh, Facebook and uh, everywhere that you can find the podcast. And so we're looking forward to hearing about tools that have helped you. And as always, we're just grateful that we can meet around this safe table, put it all on the table, and know that it, we're not just walking away. We're going to get to continue uh, caring about one another and uh, bringing these important discussions out there to the rest of us to engage around. So we want to say goodbye and we love you. And we're, as always, besides talking to you, we're praying for you. And we just appreciate you as dear friends at this table.